hauling ass. We're hauling ass. Alrighty. That's a good movie. Hi, everyone. How's everyone doing today? Welcome back to another episode of the silkiest, smoothest show on planet universe. Choose in now to Jazz FM 103.2. Tune. Tune in now to Jazz 103.2 FM on your stereo system. Up next, Kelsey Clarkson. Whatever. Everybody, how we doing? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of Wild. The time is 6.02 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon. Grab yourselves a hot cup of cocoa, sit back and relax, and let someone else take your attention for a little while. Ugh. I don't like how I can do that voice so well. How's everybody doing? How's everybody's weeks been? I hope everybody's keeping well. I have been doing a-okay. Pretty peachy. Nothing to complain about. It feels good to be back. Chatting to my home dogs. Saying what's what. Under the butt. Nut hut. Alrighty. It has been... Alrighty. It's been a pretty successful and fun couple of days in regards to news. And I wanted to just bring everybody up to speed as to some interesting and fun things that I read this week. We've got my first fan mail, which is really cool. Except it was uh, very scary and very freaky. But I'll have to get into that. Don't stress. We got tons of time. The very first thing that I wanted to speak about today. Now, ladies and gentlemen... What do you all know about Jake Paul and Logan Paul? I obviously don't want this to become some sort of drama alert copycat bullshit where I just talk about the most popular thing at the time. But it's helping me cope right now. So just deal with it. But Jake Paul and Logan Paul, interesting chaps, right? They had a, a pretty big fight this week. And for some reason, people really do care about those sorts of things. I know I do, and I really don't know why. You know, I don't... It's, it's actually quite... I'd say hypocritical of me because I couldn't give a shit about normal celebrities. You know, if anybody tries to tell me about the most recent thing that Kourtney Kardashian has done, then I'll, I'll be very disappointed and I'll go, listen, I'm way too smart to care about that shit. Get it out of my face. But then for some reason, when it comes to somebody like Logan Paul, or Post Malone, or Ethan Klein, then I want to know. Maybe that's just as you grow older, your sort of celebrities change as well, right? Who did I like when I was younger? I had a, a huge, a huge crush on Hilary Duff when I was a kid. And it's very embarrassing to say, but I don't know what it was about. I just thought she was cool. I thought she was very pretty. And I... <laughs> I had this big box of photos. So every time I bought a magazine, I always used to buy those stupid tabloid magazines and my mom would buy it and I'd take it when she was done with it. And then if there was ever, ever anything about Hillary Duff in there, I would take a pair of scissors, cut it out, and I'd put it in my box. Anything to do with Hillary Duff. If I had a D, I think I had the Lizzie McGuire DVD and... I would keep that in there, you know? 
And then I would come home from school every day, open it up, take out all the pieces, unfold anything that's been folded. Now, if that's not the most serial killer fucking thing you've ever heard of in your entire life, I don't know what is. Because that is exactly the sort of behavior somebody does before they kill that person. I didn't do it. I haven't killed anybody. Hillary Duff is fine. I, I had like a, a big issue with her with her husband at the time, Mike Comrie. I just thought he was such a bad person. I just talked to my mom about it. Ridiculous, man. Absolutely ridiculous. Get your shit in order, Sheldon. Anyway, so she, not, not she, <laughs> Logan Paul and Jake Paul. These guys have been YouTube superstars for almost as long as I can remember, right? They started out in YouTube and I think they were kind of like the first ones who just became like influencers, am I right? You know, you had people up until that point who was making consistent content that was good and it was funny, but they were entertainers, right? Jake Paul and Logan Paul kind of set the path for just straight up influencing, whatever that might mean. And it was pretty cool to see, you know, you had these two kids, these two guys who used to work with their dad on a construction site or in a, I don't know what they did, fucking tree lopping or just something like that, you know, with saws and wood. And you had these two guys that worked with their dad doing that sort of thing. And then they just started making content back when making content was, you know, only for nerds. And they just carried on doing it and it just kept on growing. And the more it grew, the more cash they made. I think they actually, I don't think, I know. They got popular on Vine. Vine was the first thing. Vine was that six second video app. Everybody liked Vine. I thought Vine was cool. I made a few vines that I eventually found and it was just me talking in, a, in an American accent. It was me going, this is my first vine. I don't know what to do, but I got pants with dogs on them. Cause I had a pants, I had a pair of pants with dogs on them and I did an American accent. And every time I think back to that, I want to rip out my eyeballs, but vine was a crazy time, right? And they just got shut down. It got shut down at the sort of height of its popularity. I couldn't believe that it got shut down. I was like, what? What? You know, Vine is pretty cool. People liked Vine. So you had Jake Paul and Logan Paul who went from Vine and they started making YouTube videos. And I think Jake did it the right way. You know, he invested all of his money into his content, making his content better, making it look more premium, hiring his friends. He's a pretty smart dude. You know, people do take the piss out of him because he's young and he's done some stupid shit, not nearly as much as Logan. But Jay Paul's a very business-minded guy, you know? He made a bunch of really good decision that, the decisions that has now gotten him to a really solid place financially. He's doing A-okay. And then he started boxing, right? That's the, the new trend which I don't think I'll ever be able to get into because the only people that I'd be able to fight are like Stephen Hawking or somebody in a wheelchair. I could probably fight them. I don't know if I'd beat them, 
but I'd stand a pretty good chance. Or children, kids, toddlers, people with no arms, right? I could box them. And I'd stand a pretty decent chance, I do feel, yeah. Uh, I'll have to look into that. I don't know how much money there is to be made in that space, uh, but I'll keep you guys updated. If that's something I do decide to pursue professionally, you'll be the first ones to know. Now, these homeboys, they started boxing and started making cash from it. Good cash. Jake Paul knows how to promote his shit. And they had a pretty big fight this week. Now, I'm not going to go into that being the main topic that I want to talk about. I want to talk about someone else that's got to do with Logan Paul. But I just thought it would be kind of interesting to bring up. Jake Paul goes on the Impulsive podcast, which is, by the way, it's okay. It's alright. It's not fantastic. It's okay. People only like to listen because he's Logan Paul and that other friend of his with the big face. It's an okay podcast. Right. But they do have some pretty good people on. Very high production quality. And they had a big fight because of the fact that Jake lost his first professional fight this year, or ever, actually, in his career. He lost his first professional fight to somebody by the name of Tommy Fury. Do you know who Tommy Fury is? Neither do I. I've seen his face. And he goes on the, on the, the, the podcast, and the conversation started very mildly. And the next second, it got to a point where Jake said that he feels that he deserves a rematch with Tommy Fury because he wants to you know, get his revenge. And Logan Paul goes, no, no, what, what do you mean? You know, I want to fight him next. There's not a lot of influences that are big in this space. Like, I should be able to get to fight him. And it kind of devolved into this breakdown of each other's characters where Jake essentially just said, Logan, you're not a fighter. You don't know what you're doing. You can't just keep on disappearing and go to the fucking WWE and then come back and think that you can just start picking up fights left, right, and center. That's not how this works, bro. And it got super tense, but it made me realize something. These two grew up famous and they managed to kind of get to a very healthy level of success at a very young age. And in my personal opinion, I, I would have thought that that would have strengthened their bond really, really well. But it's actually separated them quite harshly. And when I was watching these two speak to each other, I thought to myself, man, these guys don't really act like brothers. They, they really, really don't. You know, they sort of have this Americanized, I love you, bro, mindset, but, you know, they live really far apart. They only spend time together when they're trying to promote something. You know, then it got to some stupid thing about Logan Paul's Prime drink. I've never tried Prime, and um, I'm kind of at that point where I feel, I feel really proud about it, right? I don't want to break that cycle. It's kind of like if somebody's never seen Star Wars, you know, you go, you never seen Star Wars? And it's like, fuck no, bro. I'm not going to watch that stupid nerdy shit. But this is uh, what I what I wanted to bring up. And I swear this is a lot more juicy, a lot more funny, because I realized that fucking intro must have been the most boring thing I've ever listened to. Thank you for still sticking around. So, Logan Paul is fighting in August. Sorry, October. He's fighting a gentleman by the name of Dylan Dennis. Now, here we go. This is where shit gets interesting. Do you know who Dylan Dennis is? Neither do I. I had absolutely no idea who he was. Let's have a bit of a look. I know his face. He looks like uh, Khabib Urmagan Kajorkatov. 
He is an MMA fighter. Oh, wow. Uh, well, Dylan, if you do listen to this, I was only joking. You do not look like Khabib or Machurmachov. Uh, you actually look like Enrique Iglesias, only much cuter. So please don't punch my face in if we ever do get the chance to meet. Now, I thought that this was incredible, okay? And I, I need you to just follow me on this. Logan Paul got engaged recently to a girl by the name of Nina Agdal. I thought so. Nina Agdal is a 31-year-old Danish supermodel who has managed to get Logan Paul, right? Big dude. You ever see that guy? He's enormous, right? He, not, just, not just tall, but large, right? And Logan Paul... Hey, listen, I like ladies, right? But I think Logan Paul's a pretty decent catch, right? He's a fighter. He's rich. He's he's well built. Huh? That's something. The dude's got like a billion dollars almost. It looks to me like Prime is uh, the new get rich quick scheme. Actually, he's not a catch. He stole all that money from from uh, CryptoZoo. If you don't know about that, it's just, he started this stupid NFT project and in the end, nothing came to fruition and about like three or $4 million was stolen or just lost. And this YouTuber by the name of CoffeeZilla kind of uncovered everything and Logan just never really took accountability. Everything's quite messed up, you know? Anyway, so, he proposes to Nina Agdal. Oh, that's lovely. Congratulations, Logan. Very happy for you, lad. She's a very pretty lady, and I know you're going to be very happy with her. Or so I thought. A few days ago, Dylan Danner started posting photos of all of the ex-boyfriends that Nina Agdal has had. And the thing is, at first, at first thought, you're like, well, bro, why would you do that? You know, why would you post a photo of her ex-boyfriend? Like, what, what's that really going to do, right? Most people have exes. But this shit is crazy. So I'd like to show you some. What about this photo? Or 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 this photo? Even fucking Einstein, bro. Einstein! Now, the first one that I showed you there was actually Dylan Dennis. So basically, people are just clowning on Logan, saying that he's a fucking loser, and his wife's had sex with, like, everybody in the world. Um, I don't know. I wasn't involved. And it's pretty darn funny, dude, right? Because... Logan's taking this very personally. He's actually sent a cease and desist letter. <laughs> Bro. A cease and desist letter to Dylan Dennis going, can you please stop posting photos of my girlfriend with all of her ex-boyfriends? But it is what it is, man. It is what it is. So these two are fighting in a couple of days and people are saying that regardless of what happens, Dylan has won, you know? I mean, there, there's one of those photos that I've shown you is actually Dylan with her, okay? Some people say that it's doctored, 
I think it is probably doctored because that would be a little bit wild. But people are saying that regardless of what happens, Dylan has won. Okay. You'll have, let's say Logan wins, let's say Dylan wins the fight, then, you know, Logan's going to look really humiliated because he's just lost this. I don't know if it's MMA or if it's actual boxing. I think it's probably just boxing. It might be, it may be cool if it'd be MMA. Use a feet. But if Logan loses, you know, it's going to be like, oh man, you know, you lost the fight, Logan. But even if Logan wins, people just think that his girlfriend's uh, a bit of a village bike. I think that shit's fucking hilarious. You know? Honestly, Logan, I don't, don't know why you would have done that, bro. In my opinion, you got all that cash. Find yourself like a farm girl who lives in the middle of like rural Texas. She's never even seen a man. You know, she's like probably a farm lady, you know, get eggs, milk and that sort of stuff and just live a nice little homely customary life. I cannot wait for that fight. I think that shit is going to be mad cool. Alrighty. So I wanted to talk to you guys about this. I saw this today again and I just thought it was so hilarious. Corporate work. Not so much corporate work, but more so wagey work. You know what a wagey is? A wagey is somebody who just works a shitty job that they don't like so that they can just get by week by week. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. I want you guys to just remember this. I've had some terrible jobs in my life. I've been... I've been mostly a wagey. What's been the most wagiest job I've ever had? Probably the bartending, which was not even that bad, right? I I do feel bad for some wages, <laughs> if I have to say it that way, because nobody wants to be a wagey, right? But we're stuck in this sort of economic cycle where it's so hard to break out of any of that. And, you know, the biggest privilege that you can have growing up is if you have rich parents. People always talk about privilege based on race, privilege based around where you come from, and obviously first world factors is a big thing, but the biggest privilege you can have is if you have rich parents that allows you to never have worried about money. Now, I'm not saying you know individuals whose parents have helped them, that's obviously lovely. Um, this is not the sort of extent that I'm taking it to. I, I personally never had any help from my family, which it did, it definitely made things extremely difficult. Very, very hard, you know, because you know you don't have a, a backup. But I'm not talking about people who have backups. I'm talking about people who get very well taken care of by their parents. I obviously went to film school, right? And when you go to something like film school, you do get to these points where you think to yourself, this is a very competitive industry. Not everybody's going to make it. And you'll look around and you'll go, I wonder who is going to make it in this room. And you always think to yourself, I, I'm going to be one of them, at least. Otherwise, I would have just wasted all this money. Life's coming for you fast, boy. And 
I always used to think it was going to be the people who were the most successful. I mean, the, the people who were the smartest, the people who were the most creative, the people who worked the hardest. But no. At least from the context that I can give you, from the film school environment that I explored and was a part of, the people who made it in that space are the people who are able to leave school and not worry about having to pay rent for the first five years at least. Why? Because that allowed them to spend their time doing what they wanted to do, their passion project, their photography, their filming, their music, their acting, whatever it would have been. They didn't need a paycheck. You can do a lot of free stuff. That's what you need to do in that space. Obviously, not everybody's going to get it made that way. Some people are just naturally talented and they're at the right place at the right time. Good on you. But it is one of the most bulletproof ways of being successful in a creative space, right? I finished, I finished university and I didn't have that luxury. I immigrated to another country and I had to start paying rent. We had responsibilities. We had things we needed to pay for. And I had to get some jobs that I necess didn't necessarily love. But luckily, I never got to that point of being a wagey, right? Being a wagey is working at McDonald's or working at a KFC or, you know, working in a grocery store. And that's the thing is I would never in a thousand years look down on somebody like that because nobody wants to do that sort of work. Maybe some people do, but most people don't. Most people would like to follow their passions and follow what they wanted to do with their lives. That's why you'll never in a thousand years see me mistreat anybody or look down on anybody who works in a space like that. I have so much respect for those people because having to wake up every day and go to a job that you hate and get paid measly money for it is one of the most soul-crushing and soul-destroying aspects of life, you know? I could imagine somebody waking up just knowing that they've got one life to live, you know, they're in their 20s, given, given as an example, and they grew up wanting to do something with their lives, something specific, something creative it might have been, or it could have been, you know, something a, a little bit more, uh, I guess, not as in demand. And they wake up and they pull themselves out of bed every day and they know that they are spending most of their waking hours working a shitty job and earning shitty money. And I hate it. I hate it. I think it's, I think it's absolutely fucked. I think that the average person deserves way, way more money for their time. My brother, I remember he, he told me this story and I thought it was so good. He was very lazy he went to, he was the sort of guy that went to university and just didn't go which i couldn't under, i couldn't i couldn't possibly fathom doing that but my dad paid for him to go to university in the uk and he just wouldn't go he would wake up and he just didn't do anything he would stay at his house or he got with friends and you know my dad actually caught him eating a hamburger at a burger king which i thought was pretty funny and he was like hayden what are you doing here <laughs> and it's like, I, I'm so sorry. But my brother went through a period where he was trying to just survive. He had no money. 
And he always told himself that the one thing he wouldn't do was get a wagey job. He just didn't want to do that. He worked in a movie theater, which is kind of wagey, I guess. You know, showing people to their seats, I guess, as an usher. These are your seats. Fuck, man, as if that's necessary. As if that job's necessary, right? The first person who thought about firing those people which probably just went, why the fuck are they here? Like, it's not monkeys coming to see this movie. People can tell. But it got to a point where he was just running out of cash, left, right, and center, and he needed to find some money. So he did. So he used to, he lived close to a McDonald's, and he said he he used to walk past, and he would always go, "No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to work there. I'm better than that." And <laughs> after a while. He just got really broken down and super despondent. And he decided, you know what? It's just going to have to be. And he went in, said, hi, you speak to your manager. Manager came out, told him his name, handed him his printed CV. And he thought, it's just a stepping stone. And he left. And McDonald's never fucking called him. Damn. I love that story. Don't ever think that you're too good for those sorts of jobs. Nobody is better than anybody else. Ever. Maybe sometimes. But not when it comes to work. So, a few... This was like a year ago, actually. I, I remember seeing this, but I just I had to bring it up, right? There was this guy who worked at Burger King. And he had been working there for 27 years, right? 27 years, he never took a single day off. That's a long time. That's a very, very long time. 27 years. Never took a single day off. Was consistently making that company cash, bro. A multi-million dollar corporation. Like Burger King. So, to congratulate him on his 27 years for the company, they got him a goodie bag. So I would have thought, listen, give him some cash, you know, give him some potential, even shares in the company, make him feel respected. Do you know what they got him? I'll link the video. It's pretty much just a self-explanatory as just a guy opening up the see-through fucking plastic bag of goodies in a goodie bag, which consisted of the following. A bag of Reese's Pieces, which is dog shit anyway, a lanyard that says Burger King. One movie ticket. One, bro. Not even two. They went, let's see how little we can spend on this fucker. One movie ticket. You ever go to the movies by yourself, bro? That's how you know your life is not going well. A Starbucks cup. Like one of those see-through ones that you buy. They bought the smallest one possible for him too. A keychain. A keychain, dag. If somebody ever gives me a keychain, then I know I'll never talk to that person again. Don't get me anything. If you're going on vacation and you bring me back a keychain, I know that we're not on good terms. Two bags of lifesavers, those little circle mints. And my favorite, two pens. Two shitty blue plastic Hands. Oh, for 27 years of service, old man. 
you know what the worst part is? Is they filmed that shit. They filmed it. It's obviously the fucking manager who pulled out her phone and went, okay, we're going to send this to corporate. Just to show, tell us how happy you are. That shit winds me up, man. You know, just knowing that they made this guy. They made him pretend like he was super grateful for this little bag of dog crap. I mean, you need to realize that this is a this is a genuine human being who obviously has his own life. He has his own kids. He has his own family. He's obviously trying to pay off his house if he has one. I mean, if he's the worth of 27 years, he probably has a house by now. But do you know that? I mean, think about it. This had to go through some sort of approval process. You know, somebody in their human resources team would have signed that off and gone, yeah, this is this is good. That's all good. Somebody would have said, hey, listen, we've actually got a guy who's been here for 27 years, never missed a single day. We want to get him a gift. And the person just goes, oh, we have no money. We have no money. Burger King has no money. What can we do? Oh, I know. He likes pens, doesn't he? Bet you he likes fucking Reese's Pieces, bro. I bet you he's had Starbucks before. Man. It just boils my blood, right? And then obviously it goes without saying. You'll have these executives on these overpaid salaries with huge bonuses. But then the people on the ground. Because think about a corporation like that, right? It's a, it's, it's a genuine pyramid, all right? I used to think about it when I used to work for Apple, okay? They didn't mistreat me, by the way. Apple was pretty cool. They paid way above market rate. I made double what the other average salary was for that role. So pretty solid. And it's not hard work. You, know, you stand around and people come in and they go, hey, do you have an iPhone 6 in black, 32 gig? And I'll go, let me check, sir. And you go, look, and you come back and you go, no, but I have it in white. And they go, fuck that. Uh, I'll come back another day. So it's not hard work at all. You know, they've got cleaners to clean. You know, they've got security monitoring everything. You just have to make sure the place doesn't burn down. Right? But that's Apple. Imagine food service. That stuff's tough. I wouldn't want to work in food service. People go fucking mental. I saw people complaining about the stupidest stuff with electronics. Could you imagine working in food service and people are just dicks to you? Right? You know? This isn't cooked enough. This is too cold. I said I wanted more of this. I said I wanted less of that. And they fucking yell at you because they look down on you. That shit really, really upsets me. Because think about it. A corporate environment is like this, right? It's a proper pyramid where you've got the people at the bottom who are doing the shitty jobs that nobody else wants to do. And then as it goes up, it's higher paid and easier work, right? Maybe a little bit more stressful, I think, if I really have to give them the benefit of the doubt. But they still have huge teams that help them. If that bottom layer was taken away, if you had no more on the ground workers, there would be everything would just collapse and come in. But this is the society we live in, dude. You know, where the people working at the bottom get treated like scums. Everybody at the top can get richer. Man, if I was ever president, I don't know how, but I'd flip that shit on its head. You know, I'd be like fucking Uber drivers. You guys are going to make a million dollars today. Man, I'd love to be president. What I'd do. I've always thought about this. The first thing I'd do is outlaw any sort of hunting. No, done with it. I would push animal conservation to an extreme extent. Break down these industrial buildings. Okay, fine. This is not if I was the president. This is if I was like, you know, 
the Antichrist. I probably shouldn't have said that. Sounds kind of weird. Sorry about that, mom. But I just meant somebody who has control over the whole world, right? That makes more sense. First thing I'd do, completely, completely push animal conservation. I'd be Steve fucking Irwin of the 21st century, even though he lived in the 21st century. Okay. I got... I wanted to talk about this, but I want to talk about my my letter first. Okay, cool. No, I've got one more thing, and then I'm going to talk about my letter. Have you guys seen that cool-ass sphere in Las Vegas? The MSG, the MSG sphere? This thing is so cool. Okay, so this is what it looks like, all right? And it is basically just an enormous circle, an enormous ball. Whoops, bro, that shit's gonna echo. Sorry. It's an enormous ball that is going to be doubling as a concert venue. How fucking cool is this? Look at the inside of it. It's amazing. So, you know, as you get older and we progress more into futuristic things, every now and then something will pop up where you go, that's really futuristic. That's hugely different to anything that I've seen now. And that gives me context as to what the world is going to look like in 50 years time. You know, when you walk and you see a car, maybe like a Hyundai that's got a new design, it doesn't have any headlights showing and you go, whoa, that's different, but it's cool. I mean, you're not going to think Hyundai is cool, but you know what I mean? You go, I can see this being a thing in the future. Maybe even the Cybertruck. What have happened to that thing? It looks like a PS1 game. It looks like a PS1 render. And, you know, we've had a lot of technological stuff happen in the last couple of years, so nothing, nothing's really popped up until I saw this. I thought to myself, this is just the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen. It is mind-bogglingly cool. So how it works on the outside is they got 1.2 million hockey puck sized panels or LEDs, right? And then these can change into different lights and different colors and whatever it might be, which allows you to have anything you want on the outside. I mean, you saw that eye. That, that thing looks cool. Think about what that's going to do for things like advertising, patriotic events, event promotions, food. I don't know what it's gonna do for food, but I just wanted to say it. I think it is so cool. And then on the inside, this was the coolest thing, right? Huge concert venue where when you're sat in the seats, in front of you is gonna be huge LED panels again, which is obviously gonna to add to the experience whatever performance is on the actual stage. And then behind you, each seat, it holds 18,000, by the way. Each seat has their own 12 set of speakers, if that number makes sense. 12 speakers for each seat. Just meaning that everybody's going to be able to have like the coolest experience and everybody's going to be able to kind of go through what everybody else is going through. It's, it's going to be mind-bogglingly cool. And it was the first time that I'd saw, that I'd seen something. I went, bro, this is from the future very excited for it i can't believe it's being i don't think it's done yet though is it done a tongue babies i don't know 
16K LED screens. That's a lot of Ks, bro. In November, the Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix street circuit will pass through the Sphere's property. I don't know, bro. This is, I mean, this is just a bunch of rich people shit as it is, you know? I don't even know how you go about, like, if I had an idea to just build a big circle, you know, who, who am I even going to speak to? Excuse me. I've got an idea, but I need a billion dollars. I got an idea. Ice cream. Ice cream, but it's bubblegum flavor. Anyway, I thought that was pretty cool. We're living in a cool time. I just don't want to get old. I can tell the world's going to be much better when I die. <laughs> I don't mean after that. I don't mean because of me. I just mean that things are just happening at a very, very cool pace. Alrighty, so it's time for something really important to me. I received my very first piece of fan mail this week, but it kind of scared the shit out of me in some aspects, and it obviously really freaked me out because I've never had anything like this happen. But I wanted to share it with everybody. I think he's going to be listening too, so might be a good idea to get a dialogue going and find out what the fuck is happening. So let me read this to you. It's pretty long as well. It goes as follows. Hi there, Sheldon. Long time listener, first time caller, or should I say writer? Haha. <laughs> I was listening and enjoying your last episode of the Wild Podcast. I was absorbing it, as I always do, alongside the fire with a nice glass of sherry with my son, Gerald. He has polio, you know. <laughs> I don't think that's just funny. But bro, I'm very sorry that your son has polio. You don't have to word it like that, though. He has polio, you know. Hope your kid's okay. Dude. Back to the letter. I have to say, Sheldon, that this episode was tickling my funny bone more than most. I dare say it might be your best work. However... It got to a point where you were talking about the man that threatened your life whilst you were working as a bartender. The story was shocking. But what really made me prick my ears up was when you said you were six foot three. <clears throat> now, I'm perhaps your most loyal fan, but even I do not appreciate being taken advantage of. Six foot three is a girthy size for any boy. And upon double taking what fell before my eyes, I could see what I thought to be true. Is that I was witnessing a South African man lying about his height on a public facing podcast. Now, Sheldon, I know what you're going to say. You have no proof. I present the following. And this fucking dude attached a detailed breakdown piece by piece as to why I'm lying about my height. Now, this is something I take quite seriously, right? So we're going to get into this a little bit more. Uh, but I want to finish this first so that we can get the full context. As you can see, I've done my research. I thought I would start with reliable measurements. I noticed your microphone. Tiz was your first mistake. Why the fuck are you typing like Shakespeare, bro? 
using open source intelligence. <laughs> using open source intelligence, I was able to gather the dimensions of the Zoom ZUM2 podcast microphone, a mere 150 millimeters in length, but compared to your shoulders, look gargantuan. This was my first red flag. Using these known dimensions, I was able to then compare that to your sign. At first, the sign made me feel at home at the Wild Podcast. But now, now it was laughing in my face. <laughs> but now I am the one laughing, Sheldon. Because by using my technology, I was able to ascertain that the sign is a mere 39.37 centimeters in length. Roughly the size of a school ruler yet seemingly comparable to your head and shoulders, eh, Sheldy? <laughs> Funny I should mention that, because if you take those measurements and multiply them by four, taking into account your whole body, we finally get some real answers. You, my good sir, are not six foot three. You are a measly five foot two. When will you respect the wild audience enough to come clean about the facts and not feel so self-conscious as to lie about your height on air? There is no need to feel this way, Sheldon. There are many small comedians. <laughs> there are many small comedians, including Joe Rogan or Ben Shapiro. I bet you won't read this out on the air, you coward. And I bet that you won't come clean about the realities of your vertical impairment. Anyways, looking forward to your next episode. <laughs> Yours faithfully, Gerard Escort Hughes. Wow. I mean, if this is not without a doubt one of the most incredible pieces of media I've ever had the pleasure of being able to absorb. Gerard, the fact that you're a fan, thank you. I love being able to meet my fans. I meet my fans all the time. I can barely step out of the house without somebody coming up to me. Police officers stop me on the streets. Excuse me, sir. But that's about other stuff. So thank you that you're a fan. But Gerard, there's something wrong with you. Now, I'm obviously very apologetic about your son. That sucks. I would imagine it's like, you know, the guy from Breaking Bad. The breakfast guy. Why you gotta be such a bitch? I don't know if your son's anything like that. Hope he's all good. But don't make that shit. Don't bring that into this environment. Don't start messing with my energy because your shit's all fucked. Okay? You can't come in here and start complaining about my height, telling me that I'm deceiving my audience by a full foot point one. Do you realize how deceptive I'd have to be to lie about a foot point one? Now fine, everybody wants to know the truth. Everybody wants to know what the truth is. I'm not six foot three, okay? There, shocking. Big news everyone, big news everyone. Sheldon is not six foot three. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm not. Do you want to know my real height? Six foot two. Okay, I'm six foot two. Still a great height. Okay, still a great height. 
But there's a lot of people who are six foot two nowadays, okay? If you really want to know, Gerard, I need all the help I can get sometimes. If you really want to get real on this shit, I need all the help I can get sometimes, bro. Okay, people don't like me. Ladies especially don't like me. I'm the sort of guy where as soon as I take my shirt off at the beach, it empties out. People leave. Do you know what that's like to deal with? Hey, it's tough, bro. People complain about my monobrow. I've tried to fix this shit, man. But every time I fucking do something about it, it comes back the next day even hard. I look like a Russian president of the 1970s. So I'm six foot two, bro. And I just thought it'd be cool. You know, round it up a little bit, Dak. Nobody notices. You ever heard about those guys that are like five foot eight, but they tell girls that they're six foot on the dot? You know, and it's like this much different and most people don't tell. Nobody's walking around with the fucking ruler. Apparently you are, Gerard. You are walking around with the ruler, looking to see what's what, who's what, who's, who's like this. And this podcast is not a Zoom mic, okay? A Zoom, what is a Zoom mic? Something from China? No. This is a proper road microphone for the smoothest, most gentle sounds to go into your smooth and silky ears. Liquid chocolate like theirs to say. Join us now on Jazz Smooth FM 107.3. Coming up next, Catherine Clarkson. So I'm fine. Okay, dude. I'm all right. I'm six foot two. I would never deceive my audience on purpose. This sign, it's not 40 centimeters. 61, 61 centimeters, 61 times 61, it's a big square. So do the math on that. Five foot three. Bro, I wouldn't even leave the house if I was five foot three. I'm not five foot three, bro. I don't even know how big that is. Five foot three. I'm not five foot three, Gerard. Okay, I'm six foot two. And there, look, okay. I've come clean about my insecurities, right? And that makes me a, a, a better person than you. You won't. Hey, bet you won't tell me what you're scared of, Gerard. Bet you won't tell me the things that you fear. Anyway, please carry on sending me fan mail, everybody. Gerard, relax a little bit. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Hope everybody feels entertained. Everybody feels up to date with the newest news. I've started posting some shorts as well. So if you see any of those pop up on your feed, like that shit. Rah. Anyways, guys, have a great week. I'll see you again on the next one.